Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And this week we are doing our COVID wrap-up show, which basically means, although um, COVID's obviously not over, I just uh, went to Bronx Pizza today and it was closed because they had an outbreak or whatever. So Hmm. obviously it's not over, but for us, as far as like, you know, concerts and albums and music goings on it's um it's pretty much gotten back to normal i've been to some few concerts um i've got tickets to some other ones but there is always the outside chance that somebody in a band could get sick or something and and it not happen so that still exists but it's not as big a concern as it was for these last couple of years yeah, so we're calling it uh, our first post-COVID podcast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, concerts now, it's like, uh, what if all the concerts were Aussie? <laughs> <laughs> like, what if there's a chance at every concert that somebody gets sick and they uh, can't make it? It, it, actually, um, it actually almost is like that. And I had another uh, saga of the tickets going oh, on because I bought tickets to Santana in February of 2020. And then they changed the date to sometime in 21. And then the, the tickets uh, were texted to me at that time. And then they changed the date again for this year. And when they texted me the tickets again, the the link said the tickets are in your Ticketmaster account. So I go into the Ticketmaster account and they're not there. So now I'm I'm emailing back and forth with Ticketmaster. I'm calling the venue, I'm, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they were just like, the people at Ticketmaster are fucking idiots. Like, they'll just totally, like, disregard everything I said in the email and just be like, oh, well, we'll try to process your refund as soon as possible. Motherfucker, I didn't ask for a fucking refund. I want my you know, tickets. I want my fucking tickets. So, bottom line, I, um, after I called everywhere and I called the venue and I said, hey, can't you just, like, print me the fucking tickets? And she's like, no, we don't print tickets here anymore, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, all right. So I so I finally got a phone number for uh, Ticketmaster, which I'm gonna plaster all over the internet, by the way, because those motherfuckers try real hard not to give you a contact phone number. So now that <laughs> I've got it, everybody's fucking got it. So after being on the phone with them and them telling me that literally that they couldn't do anything for me because I had to deal with the venue that I bought it from, so I finally went down there, and then the chick that was down there was cool and printed me the fucking tickets. Like, like it could have been done from the very beginning, but, you know, whatever. So <laughs> there's the, the, the side, and that's uh, coming up next month, Santana, Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's not fucking heavy metal or whatever, but it's going to be a badass show. Oh, fuck yeah. And it's at the Amphitheater, which is now the North Island Credit Union Amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I recommend that place because it's free parking, they don't mind you partying. You can get there early. It's a pretty cool spot to see a show. And you can usually get a lawn ticket for 20 bucks. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, that's pretty sick. I mean, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, I'm not, like, I don't dislike them mm. by any means. That's not, like, my jam. But, like, 
I mean, Carlos is like, I don't know a motherfucker that's like, I've never heard someone like, you know who I fucking hate? Carlos Santana. <laughs> right. Like, nobody fucking hates Santana. Right. Like, I mean, what what's there to hate? It's like, oh, it's this dude that's like sick as fuck at guitar. Right. I knew this dude and uh, he was a, he was my friend on Facebook. He's a monster guitar player. He was my friend on Facebook, but he turned out to be too much of a right winger. So we don't really, I think we just both unfollowed each other. But um, he's, a, like I said, a real good guitar player. And he was kind of basically talking shit in a sense, saying, why couldn't my heroes be as easy to play their shit as Hendrix or Santana? And I was just like, uh, because you might be able to play Hendrix or Santana, but you can't play it like Hendrix or Santana. Yeah. You know, but uh, I guess his point was it's a hell of a lot harder to, to learn one minute of Ingve than it is to learn a minute of Carlos. But it's a whole different fucking thing. So I think you have to appreciate each thing for what it is. You know? Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't duplicate the feel. Right. You know, like, that's the thing. And, like, with Santana, um, yeah, it may it might be one thing, like, learning it, like, from the album mm-hmm. or something like that. But trying to duplicate, you know, the kind of shit he'll do live, he's one of those types of guitarists, like Hendrix and shit, where they're going all by feel. Right. And, you know, when they're playing live. So they might take it in a direction that they wouldn't normally take it. of the band has to just know how to keep up uh <laughs> right kind of like you know blackmore would do that shit oh yeah blackmore was a master of that shit they learned how to uh for sure follow his lead it's actually like um like i sent you that video uh of dick dale mm-hmm. the other day where he was playing live this is about a decade ago now mm-hmm. but he's fucking pretty old yeah in that video and he's fucking killing it but an interesting thing to watch too is his band, it's only two other dudes, but they're fucking locked in right. with him, you know? And I remember seeing the comments, like, people saying, like, that's a fucking good drummer. You can watch him taking his cues mm-hmm. from Dick, and uh, he knows when to, you know, when to make his moves and shit like that. Right. So it's a whole different thing, man. Yeah. But uh Dick Dale's another another one too. And 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 with all these guys that were that we're mentioning, you have to you can't take them out of the time that they lived. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, something wouldn't be as mind-blowing today as it was in 1969, but still in all, you have to kind of be able to want to, like, put yourself there and, and, and try to imagine what it would be like to see it then, you know? I would say, yeah, but there are some things that are kind of universal. Yeah. Like, if you listen to that, you know... The start of Miserloo by Dick Dale, mm. like that's still fucking impressive. Oh, yeah, like because he's not doing tricks, no, like that's just fucking picking yeah. really, really fast, really and fast. And that's difficult. Like, people have learned the reason why people started doing shit like tapping and everything else was to kind of cheat their way into picking that many notes. You sure. Know? Because it's not easy to do that shit just completely, like, clean. Right. Um, so there are some things where you listen to it, you're like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. And, and those dudes all were, you know, pioneers and dudes that other, that other guys got inspiration from. And, you know, and, and then they build to the next level, to the next level. And that's the way it goes, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a concert coming up. I have a couple of, let's see, um, Iron Maiden is coming up. Richie Kotzen is coming to uh, Ramona Main Stage solo. Yeah. I just saw him with uh, with Adrian Smith, Smith Kotzen at the Brick by Brick, and that was another fucking weird thing because in my whole concert going life, I've never been to a show where only one band played, right? And I was just like, okay, well, you know, doors open at seven. Maybe two, three opening bands. They'll probably go on like at ten or something, and you know, and and you know, nowadays I worry about my sciatica and shit, brick by brick. You got to stand the whole time. There's nowhere to fucking. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll get there around nine or whatever. And then I got a text from Carlos Mendez, going, "Hey, bro, are you on your way?" And I'm like, "Ah, I was thinking." There's no of opener. There. He's like, "There's no <laughs> opener. They're going on in 15. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck." Haul ass down there, and they were good, man. Um, 
that album, they, they came out with an album, the Smith Cotton, and an EP. And I think the only reason they came out with the EP was so they would have enough songs to headline. Because they do all the whole album, all the EP, and Wasted Years <laughs> uh, live. So yeah, man, it, it, was, it was badass. I'm re- I really dig that record. great live i mean it's adrian smith and richie Cotson, you know yeah and um and the fucking craziest thing was that usually at the brick by brick they'll pull a van out by the back uh entrance and anybody who's like more famous than a the usual club player will like get hustled into a van or something and fucking drove these motherfuckers just walked straight out the front. <laughs> Richie Cotton. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, shit. And Lottie was freaking out. She was like, that's Adrian Smith. And I was like, yeah, it is. And then he like he was turning around to like wave at everybody who was like going nuts. And he fucking tripped over one of those, um, those parking piece of concrete that goes in front of a parking space. He tripped over one of those. But he caught his balance. But if he didn't ca- catch his balance, I would have caught his ass. That's how <laughs> that's how close he was when he walked by. So yeah, man, that was a trip, and that was a badass show. Some of the other shows that I've seen over this time, I just saw uh, Testament, Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel at House of Blues. It was fucking sick, dude. It was like it was like the big three after the big four type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> And the next three. Yeah, and they <laughs> killed it, man. And and um, Death Angel started the show, and he was basically like, he called out the crowd, more or less. He's like, you know, fuck it. I know what we're here to do. We're a fucking thrash metal band. I don't know if you motherfuckers know what you're here to do, but I'm going to fucking hold you to it. And fucking, and it was fucking... And then the Exodus dude, the singer from Exodus, he divides the uh, the floor in half. He says, you motherfuckers go that way, and you motherfuckers go that way. And then when I say go, you motherfuckers are all going to clash in the middle. 
Yeah. And they like, did. I'll be clashing yeah. in the back. Oh, yeah. I was in the back, dude. I, I was even, I was actually even upstairs. Um, Dave Callens was, was there. And when I told him where I was, he laughed. He's like, oh, you ain't even down in there. I'm like, nah, dude. I was like, I looked and I saw how it was. And it was sold out. So it was like there was only one little line by the bar where you could walk to get across to the other side. There was no other way across. So <laughs> I was just like, yeah, no, that's that's good for me. Um, but that was a badass concert. I recommend that tour. It's called the Bay Area Strikes Back or Bay Strikes Back or some shit like that. Yeah. But it's a badass uh, concert, man. What else did I see? Oh, we saw Kiss again for the yeah. the second time on the uh, the second time on the last tour. Yeah, which is which is funny. What what I wish would come around was that uh, that thing that Ace just did, I guess, where uh, him and Bruce Kulick and Vinnie Vincent all played, and I guess some they did some songs together. So that must have been pretty fucking interesting. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind checking out something like that. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I sent you that video of them all playing together and it's like, man, that's wild. That's not something you ever expected to see. Uh-uh. No uh, way. You know, about you know, the three you know, former guitarists of Kiss yeah. all on the same stage together. Yeah. Uh having fun, especially anytime Anytime you got Vinny Vincent doing anything, yeah, I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Aunt Viv is out, no you know. Shit. But yeah, seeing Kiss again on that, on the, the final farewell or whatever, that was pretty cool. Um, it fucking sucked because because of COVID, we missed out on having David Lee Roth as an opener. Oh yeah again because of the concert being postponed previously and then him getting kicked off the tour. Right. And I know it would have sucked, but I would have rather seen a sucky David Lee Roth and that fucking painter again. No shit. I don't like the fact that I've seen that painter as many times as I've seen Metallica live. Right. I've seen that painter more times than I've seen Megadeth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've seen that, like, I've seen that painter... The exact same amount of times as I've seen Black Sabbath. I don't like that fucking number. Yeah. I don't like like I'm hope like I'm hoping no one else ever picks this fool up. Like, okay, look, he's a good painter, but that's Kiss not wanting a band to like outshine them at all on their uh on their last tour. Right. They don't even want to run that risk. Right. So right. they're just send this fucker out throwing paint and then it's like oh look it's Jimi Hendrix right Neat. so I guess they were pretty sure Dave wasn't going to blow him off they just didn't want to pay for that I guess yeah or something um, yeah like you say it would have been interesting to see you know I mean I think that either way we would have probably been able to fill an episode just either talking shit about how fucking shitty it was or some other uh, some other way of talking about you know what we saw that day. And here's the thing, man, with David Lee Roth live, um, 
it might suck, but you're probably going to end up having a good time anyway. Yeah. Because, like, the crowd at this point, as long as they're into the songs, mm-hmm. they're going to be doing the fucking heavy lifting on that. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're if everybody's singing along and singing Van Halen tunes, um, yeah, like, who gives a shit if, uh, if, if Dave, like, can't really sing anymore? The problem was is this band was also kind of whack. Yeah, see, that's what you... I mean, you definitely have to get, like, a hot guitar player. I mean, that's just... that The job requires it, you know? And it takes a lot of pressure off Dave, too. You know, that's that should have been something that he, that he thought of also. But I think probably, um, you know, he wasn't going to probably make a lot of money for the tour, so you got to fucking, you know, economize in that way or whatever you gotta get the budget band right yeah. right yeah you gotta get the uh uh you can't get some of the guys from the uh, atomic punks you gotta get like the third string van halen tribute act to, <laughs> to tour with you right because he'd done that in the past so he had that uh what's his face that's in uh um steel panther Oh yeah, uh, in his band, his touring band, way, way back, way back. It was like '99, right? Type of thing. Yeah, um, that because would, he that can would play work. all the shit. Yeah, that would work fine. And that, yeah, it explains why he didn't play any of his new music, right, on that tour. Also, which a lot of people were confused about because it was like the DLR band tour promoting, like it was kind of promoting his new album, but he didn't play anything off of it. Huh. Um. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, it's kind of like how when we saw Ace Freely, Ace didn't really li- lose that much of a step vocally, which he didn't. Ha- he never had a great singing voice either, but he right. had a fucking tight band. Yeah, good band. Backing him. Yeah. And then the rest of the crowd is singing along. Yeah. So it makes up for it, you know, and he's he wasn't singing all the songs either. Yeah. He had, you know, a singer that can pull off a convincing enough Paul Stanley and shit right. like that. Yeah, that that Ace gig was fun. That shit was good. I, I dug it. Yeah. Another show that I saw, um, which was like uh, the lower three of the <laughs> of the thrash bands, although I got the tickets at the same time that I got the Testament tickets, but... They actually played, and the Testament one got put off. But it was uh, Flotsam and Jetsam at the Brick by Brick. And they uh, had Killing Tyranny and Monarch opening. And that whole show was a trip because, I mean, Flotsam and Jetsam is one of those where, you know, I'm familiar with them. You know, a lot of their songs sound like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. You know, that type of thing. But I don't, I don't really know, you know, their shit very well. <clears throat> but the thing about a band like that is that they have the name, and the name basically comes from uh, Jason Newstead having been in the band, right? Yeah. And so that was the band that he left to join Metallica. So when you got like a name like that, and you're touring constantly and making records. When somebody gets quits the band or gets kicked out of the band, you you're gonna hire like the best dude you can get, right? 
And after that happening a series of times, you end up with a lot of good dudes in your band. You know, even though it's not the original band or it's not, it's still like a very sick sounding professional thrash band. And so that's what they were, you know. And um, also, too, it was the first time that I ever saw a band play where every a member of the band had a profiling amp. So there's no marshals, no real amplifiers of, of any of uh, of any type. They were all Kempers and fucking hmm. it and it sounded awesome, but it it really sounded um I don't know how you would call it clinical. <laughs> it sounded like too clean. Uh, yeah, it sounded super clean for being so so uh so distorted. But it was a great show. Those guys were great. Um, the the Killing Tyranny is another band that they're they're local. They're not really thrash, but they're heavy and they're cool. But the only thing is that they're old, you know. So it's kind of like when you know when you see a band and they and they have a new album and whatever and they sound great. But they're like in their 40s and shit. It's just kind of hard to get excited about a band like that because it's like, well, I mean, you know, there's there's not there's not going to be a whole lot of what's next, you know. Yeah, you guys have peaked already. Yeah, you know. So um, that was the reason that um, that I really tripped out on Monarch when Monarch is a local, their thrash band. It's uh, Casey Trask's band. Casey Trask's band. And yeah, and it's him and the other guitar player also sings. And it has the look like Slayer because everybody's playing and and the singer's playing even though it's a guitar, it's not a bass. And that guitar player, whose name is Matt Smith, is more kind of, kind of Yngwie-ish, whereas whereas Casey Trask is more... um, kind of traditional metal and then with some little uh like chuck schollander thrown in there and it just really fucking the way you could tell they've been playing together a long time and they they fucking kick ass uh the songs are good the energy of the band is good it's like a band that i could see making it you know and so that's that's kind of what gets me excited about them. you know i got a shirt and everything you know, yeah. So, um, and then also too, Casey Trask, like you say, he's really one of my uh, favorite young guitar players out there. And the reason for that is because he can do a lot of things. You know, there's not too many dudes who can pull off some flawless Ace Freely and pull off some some uh, flawless Glenn Tipton and then pull off some Death. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's a, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty unique set of skills that he has. So yeah, man, um, I'm on the lookout for, uh, for, and plus he's in cage. He's in the three tremors. He's in kissed alive and he's in monarch. So that fool's playing all the time and he's getting better still, you know? So yeah, uh, definitely a band to look out for and a guitar player to look out for. Uh, Monarch and Casey Trask. Awesome.
So my, uh, I only went to two concerts, uh, basically during all this. Uh, one was obviously when we saw Kiss again, mm. and uh, I got that. Uh, we had spots that were really close to uh, Paul's landing zone. Yeah, for the uh, for Love Gun and shit like that. And then um, I went a month and a half or so ago. I don't know, man. Fucking time blends together. I went to uh, to see uh, Offspring at uh, SDSU. Oh, cool. Um, So that was fun. Ryan Shores uh, came with me on that because I had an extra ticket on account of the fact that... uh, (laughs) My brother's roommate was paying, was paying us me back for when I got him uh, Rob Zombie tickets twenty years ago. <laughs> so you know when I talk about that Rob Zombie show right. that was the, one of, one of my least favorite concerts, uh, I took him there. Uh, him and my brother went at, with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, he was like, my brother told him because he was like, oh that was fucking sick. He had a good time. Um, so my brother made a comment. He's like, well, you, you owe us, uh, offspring tickets then. And, uh, 20 fucking years later, he gets offspring tickets, but then he bought one for me and he bought one for my wife. Oh, wow. Um, and Roxy doesn't really like going to concerts and she's not that into offspring. Right. So I asked around, I asked Shores to see if he wanted to go and he was down and, it was fun. Um, it was one of those things where I haven't bought an Offspring CD since like 1998. Mm-hmm. You know, so when they played shit I knew, I was like super into it. And then they played a bunch of shit I didn't know. Um, and it was cool, but it was just like, I can't sing along. I could just kind of bop along a little bit. Right. And be like, all right, cool. Yeah. And then it's like, I think I made a joke or I was like, play something, play something I know, damn it. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to play a song. This is my first time ever playing it live. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's the opposite. <laughs> because uh, San Diego was the first, uh, the first stop on this tour oh, okay. for their new album. So uh, one of the songs is they literally had never played it live until, until that night because it's off the new record. Right. And uh, so I was just kind of like, God damn it. <laughs> but we had a good time. It, you know, it was fun, you know, rocking out to shit that, you know, I really enjoyed in high school. Because, I mean, my first CD I ever got was Ixnay on the Ombre by The Offspring. Okay. Probably this one of the CDs I listened to the most all through high school was uh, their album Smash. Mm-hmm. So I was super into them for a few years there. Right. And then I just kind of got out of it. But, you know, it made me want to go back and listen to some shit. Yeah. And check out more of their newer stuff. Because I was like, oh, you know, some of this is actually pretty good. Right.
But yeah, other than that, it's I need to get I still need to get tickets for Maiden. Yeah. Just get I'm just gonna get some lawn tickets. There you go. Uh then uh well I know you got tickets for the Scorpions and White Snake. Oh yeah, Scorpions. Yeah, that's uh it's funny because I fully intended to go to the uh Scorpions and Queensryche residency in Vegas. But yeah. it got like canceled or whatever. And I was like, bummer. And then they said, oh, and then Queensryche's not going to be on the tour either. I was like, oh, fucking bummer, too. But then they said White Snake is on the tour and supposed to be White Snake's final tour. And the only reason I believe that is because David Coverdale's never said that before. You know, he's not one of those dudes who has done two or three final tours. He just and, and he said it kind of in a matter of fact way, not like advertising it, just more like saying, yeah, this is it. You know, so yeah, man, that should be a badass show. Also, too, uh, the Scorpions have a new record, which is actually really good. You know, um, it's got all the shit that you like from the Scorpions. You know, all the all the the awesome rhythms and you know, cool catchy songs and shit. The only thing is, it's like, you know, part of the Scorpions' charm was like their dorky. ESL way of saying, you know, nasty shit and stuff <laughs> like that. And it doesn't fly as much when you're fucking 70-something or whatever the fuck. So their songs are, they, they really lean a lot on that rock believer thing. And the songs are about rock and rocking and, you know, that's what they have left, you know, to go to as uh, lyrically. And so you know, it's that that's what kind of separates it from a uh from a classic Scorpions album. But like the dude who I was reading the uh interview in Guitar World and that dude was talking about, "Oh yeah, this is uh right up there with Love Drive and it's fucking uh the best album since uh, Love It for Sting." And I was just like, "Okay, I don't know about all that shit." But it's pretty good. It was it was <laughs> it was better than I expected, and I'm really looking forward to that uh, concert. And uh, White Snake is going to have um, Dino Jalusic join the band, and in the promo shot so far, he's holding a guitar, like oh, you really? know, <laughs> one of the, <laughs> the keyboard that 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 uh, that you hold like a guitar. But uh, basically, I'm pretty sure he's there to uh, back Coverdale, you know, and, and pretty much probably double the parts. And and, uh, and everybody else in the band also does backing vocals. So the vocals are going to be super strong, even though Coverdale's, you know, voice isn't what it used to be. But I think he played that shit just right. Uh, and really putting ego aside that fucking add a singer to the tour. Oh, yeah. Another show that I saw that uh, I almost uh, forgot because I didn't actually buy tickets for it was um, Mastodon. Mastodon and a band called Chemis. And um, Mastodon was Mastodon. It's not really my thing, although they're really talented dudes. The guitar player, he does some really creative shit. Um and the show is super psychedelic and and fun. Um, it's just, you know, the songs, I just, I don't know. They don't grow on me as, you know, as 
as I would think that they would. But um, but it was it was definitely a good show. Um, and the people who are into fucking Mastodon are into fucking Mastodon. Like once because um, it was at the observatory North Park and we've been there a bunch of times. And usually the line to get in is like maybe 20 people, something like that. This fucking line went all the way down the street and then across the street and down the street. So there was a fuck. They wanted to get in as, as soon as they could. And probably it was because they knew that there was going to be a line for merch. Because the line for merch was all the way down the side of the fucking venue. So I, I was just like. I was tripping out. I go, because I seen the people, like, you know, you see somebody standing there against the wall and they're into the fucking band or whatever. And then you look back and they're not there no more. And it's because they moved a little while because that's the line for the merch. So I was tripping out on that shit. But yeah, you know, Mastodon was cool. Uh, and then that band Chemist that opened, they were awesome. Like, um, they were... When they first came out and the guitars and everything and the bass sounded real Sabbathy, uh, they played through like these old orange amps. So so they're the the technology is on par with the Sabbath days, basically, and um, and they were badass. But but then like about three quarters of the way into the first song the guitar player started singing and he was a growly guy. So they have a regular singer and a growly guy and they switch back and forth. I would say it's probably about 75% singing, 25% growly, but it's pretty good, man. I, I, um, I, I definitely, uh, am going to get more into their records because like, uh, I don't usually go for the growly thing, but there's enough um, singing and it's musical enough to make up for it. And it's heavy. So uh, so check out that band, Chemist. It's K-H-E-M-M-I-S. They're pretty badass. So that, that was actually the last show that I saw.
and uh, Mastodon is going to be coming back to San Diego uh, pretty soon. They're opening for uh, Ghost, right? On Ghost's uh, next tour, and I think they have a stop here in I think it's July. Yeah, actually, because I thought about maybe getting tickets to see Ghost again, but uh, I wasn't. I'm not too in love with their latest record, right? So I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm bored of Ghost now. Right. Um, so uh, I'd say the biggest COVID news, other than like motherfuckers dying yeah. and shit, uh, was uh, we, we, because we've been half-assing our, uh, our podcast here <laughs> uh, <laughs> with, it's, it's just been too much going on, but mm-hmm. um I'd say probably because of that, we didn't do our our traditional uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, yeah. We, you know, we still have a chance to do the one for the actual, you know, ones that are getting in. Right. But we, we did the whole, we do the whole, you know, oh, here's the nominees this year. Right. The voting. And uh, Priest, Priest got in. Priest got in. They got in on kind of like the kind of you know, it's kind of the consolation prize right but uh <laughs> yeah you know so some of the pe- some priest fans are not thrilled with that with um the fact that it's the uh the musical excellence award or whatever right. which is the renamed sideman award right um instead of like a full-blown regular induction right but I mean, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they're in. Yeah, they're in, and and uh, at that point, you know, it really doesn't matter. Um, the thing's going to be interesting. There is, you know, who gets in, right? Um, I'm assuming that um, it will be. The current band plus KK. And that's it. I think what it is, is I have to go back and look. I think it's basically everything up to the, uh, up to painkiller. Okay. Um, So, uh, Richie Faulkner isn't in. He won't get in. Right. He won't get in. Um, so it's basically the the lineups, in, so including you know Dave Holland and shit like that, uh, <laughs> um, up until yeah, uh, Painkiller. Right. So that way, um, Scott uh, Scott Travis gets in. Right. So okay. it's basically, you know, I mean, it's it's the classic band. It's the classic band. Yeah.
um, just you know different variations of the classic band because I think what's his face that was in uh, their original uh, drummer on the first few albums Les Binks Les Binks yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and I think they had to make that cut off because um, it seems like a dick move of way of doing it Mm -hmm. but I feel like uh, nope we're gonna cut it off right where we don't even have to deal with like Ripper yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah and I don't think Ripper gives a shit whether he gets in the Hall of Fame or not nah Jesus Priest he knows he knows where his fucking bread is buttered right. he knows that his time in the band is considered the downtime right I'm sure he's proud of those albums but not too many people go back to him no and but, and he he made a name off of doing that and he's been able to do all kinds of projects since right so. right yeah it keeps him working it was a a boon in the Ripper story, but yeah. Um, speaking of uh, people who died, there was a, a quite a few people who died during uh, just in the last year or so. You know, Taylor Hawkins died, obviously, uh, which really was weird to me because he just seemed like a super energetic. Super youthful dude, you know? Yeah. But you never know what's going on inside. And it seems to me that some of these guys must really be the type of dudes who don't like going to the doctor. Because a fucking enlarged heart like that is something that they can tell pretty quick. You know? Yeah. With Dio, you know, everybody was telling him go to the doctor and he didn't want to go. His stomach was fucking, you know ended up stomach cancer they could have fucking caught that shit you know so it is you know part of it of course the rock and roll lifestyle drugs booze whatever and it's also not very rock and roll to fucking say you know what i think i need to go to the fucking doctor you know um but i kind of wish some of these some of these motherfuckers would do that um jeff labar the guitarist from cinderella died uh, Cinderella is one of those bands that gets lumped in with the hair metal band, but really we're more of a fucking, you know, hard rock band, kind of more in the ACDC vein than a, than in the fucking... Yeah, uh, we've talked about that before, that they, they kind of got an unfair rap, because, you know, you had to look a certain way during that era right. to really get, like, MTV time, and their sound was really didn't match their look all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was telling my brother about that and I was telling my friend Alex about that. Cause he's a, uh, Alex is on this weird glam rock kick right now mm. because of the, uh, um, peacemaker soundtrack. Okay. And he's like, I think I kind of like glam rock. I'm like, Oh, check <laughs> this shit out, dude. Um, I was like, dude, fuck it. Actually like, just trust me on this shit. Listen to fucking Cinderella. Mm. Like, it's fucking more ACDC than Poison. Yeah. Like, it's... You'll actually fucking dig it. Like, I was surprised yeah. when I dug it type of thing.
yeah, it's kind of a, it sucks that you get this spike in fame because of that. But when the when the fad was over, mm-hmm. it was like all these bands are like fuck off. Yeah, like just I'm. It's so weird because we did a whole episode on this shit, but it's still weird to me. Just the the rejection the. Just the vicious rejection of an entire genre. Mm-hmm. The way it's like, you, it was like rivaling when like everybody decided. Guess what? Disco's fucking done. Right. You know, like we're fucking done with this shit. It's <laughs> that's it. The end. Yeah. And it's kind of like you know, for me when I was in high school, that was at like the height of the boy band craze. Mm-hmm. You know, and those will always come back. Yeah. Because that shit goes all the way back to like fucking. The Jackson Five, mm-hmm. basically, but it it was like the biggest thing in the world, and then it was like, boop, nope, this is done. And unless you're Justin Timberlake, your career is basically done now, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like so weird that it, like I don't know when it it's bizarre to me when a society gets super into a thing mm-hmm. and then turns on that thing, mm-hmm. like. Vanilla Ice was the biggest joke in music. Right. But, like, that fool sold 30 million fucking records, right. dude. Like, people bought his shit. Somebody bought and, that shit. Yeah. And liked his shit. And then all of a sudden, everybody decided they hated Vanilla Ice. Right. Now, for me, I owned a, the. I, I had a Vanilla Ice cassette. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was, like, nine or ten. Oh, yeah. So that shit was like he's on the he's in the Ninja Turtles movie and shit. Yeah. So it was like that was kind of I think it's because he was kind of like rap that got cleaned up for kids. Yeah. For um, me that that was can't touch this. Can't touch yeah. this was that for for my uh time. <laughs> well, um, I mean I had I had Hammer Don't Hurt Him. <laughs> uh, and I I had that. I have Vanilla Ice and then I had uh crisscross oh geez so it's like well let's get some kids rapping let's like really right uh one of the chris's is dead yeah shit i forget which one now he's been gone for a minute but um yeah i don't know but it's so weird because it's like everybody like just it's like everybody pretends that they all hated it the whole time Mm -hmm. you know it's like fucking like i don't want to get too dramatic with it but it's like Jesus fucking tell motherfuckers, oh, you'll deny me three times. Like, right? No shit. <laughs> who's this fool? I never liked Jesus. Uh, like, no it's shit. like that. Everybody just turns on a thing, and that's what happened to all those hair bands. Is they got real rich real quick, and then everybody got tired of it when like grunge came in, mm-hmm. and some of them tried to adjust, right? And tried to put out like a more grungy, yeah, album. But, I remember. Uh, uh, Ozzy had Joe St. Holmes as his guitar player back then. And he and he started going on stage in like flannels and cargo shorts and shit. And I think that was like supposed to be and a lot of bands did that, like just kind of changed the way they dressed a little bit and kind of more flannelly and kind of more just, you know, uh dirty. But it yeah. didn't fly. <laughs> well, I'm sure some of them were like, fuck, God, now I don't have to wear this shit That's anymore. true, too. I can just dress comfortably on stage yep. and not be a gimmick. And everybody's like, nope. 
Yeah. You're not fooling anybody, yeah. Poison. Yeah, we know you're you. You're not fooling anybody, fucking Motley Crue. Yeah. Getting a new singer and having it. That's the only Motley Crue record I like that much, except for, like, the the first one. Yeah. Like, fucking Shout Out the Devil is actually pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had that for sure. You know, <laughs> it's one of them things. It's that whole first album thing where it's like before they like kind of go down a different path yeah then you expect it because you know motley crew early on is pretty sick Mm -hmm. um that first uh you know i swear by the first def leppard album yeah and i'm kind of like i don't really like that much def leppard other than that right it's because they immediately started making that turn towards what i didn't like right and but I listened to that first album and it sounds like a sick ass uh, British heavy metal mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of that genre. Yeah. So, oh well. Yep, for sure. Okay, a couple more dudes who died. Mike Howe from Metal Church. That's a sad one. Joey Jordison from Slipknot. Uh, he wasn't in the band anymore, but he, you know, they had already replaced him. So yeah, I don't know. What happened there? Paul Chapman and Pete Way from UFO both died. So this this was gonna be UFO's last tour, or so. So that made sense, uh, uh, considering that they're that they're dropping off. Um, Pete Way was a crazy motherfucker. Like you know, he uh, he was one of those dudes that he was in Ozzy's band for like five minutes. And got kicked out because Sharon thought he was a bad influence on Ozzy. <laughs> so that's how bad this motherfucker was. Yeah. Um, Frankie Benali died from Quiet Riot. He was the last dude left in Quiet Riot. And so then, but he pretty much had made it clear that the band was going to go on without him too. Which it did. So for a minute they didn't have no members. But now Rudy Sarzo is in the band. So now they have Rudy Sarzo and Jizzy Pearl and the rest yeah. of the guys. Rudy and the Jizz. Rudy and the Jizz, yes. Um, yeah, another uh, couple people that died um, that are peripheral to the whole thing is uh, one of them is Malcolm Dome. He's that British journalist with fucked up teeth who would be in all the documentaries talking <laughs> about Sabbath or talking about... Uh, Judas Priest or whatever the old British bands and that fool knew everything about that there was to know about that shit so he was pretty cool he his uh, his opinions were pretty much on point I thought so yeah he'll be missed and then uh, John Zazula who they called Johnny Z and he was the owner of Megaforce Records and with his wife Marsha who also died uh, so she, I think she died first and then he died right after. Basically, these were the, these were the, the couple that discovered Metallica, put out Metallica's first album, discovered Anthrax, put out Anthrax's first album. They were really, really on the ground floor with the whole thrash metal thing. So they kind of, they kind of were important in the, uh, development of, of all of this. So R.I.P., to uh to these folks yeah i'm like i got bored i started looking through like how many people that have played in fast way are like dead (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah that would probably be a lot 
Actually, surprisingly, uh, not too just not Pete too Way. Bad. Well, Pete Way, Fast Eddie Clark. Oh yeah, Fast Eddie Clark. And, of course. Uh, Steve Strange, uh, who played drums from 2007 to 2010, died in 2021. I wonder what happened to that singer. He was pretty good. He was in the fucking that Robert Plant game. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. I don't know too much about that. Well, you know, yeah, I don't know why.
I mean, one thing is putting something out or whatever, but also there's just the, the thing about like never getting to play with anybody else. You know, always playing with the same dudes all the time. And you have like Kirk has a very defined role in Metallica. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, he probably gets to introduce maybe one, two riffs, you know, or something, and then he's there to pretty much to play solos. You know, which is fine. I mean, it's a good gig if you could get it. But yeah, he he probably needed some some sort of an outlet for uh, because, like I said, uh, when we first talked about um, this thing coming out, I I uh, told you about that time that I had read that um, Kirk Hammett said he had lost his phone and he had like hundreds of riffs on there that he had recorded and and he was bummed out because he lost them obviously. And I was thinking, well, we we're never going to hear those motherfuckers anyways, because he doesn't like, <clears throat> he doesn't get any writing credits on almost any Metallica thing. And so, you know, but there it is. So that's good. Now, now, next thing you know, they're going to be handing fucking uh, Kirk Hammett some, uh, some movie scripts to direct. And he'll be the next Rob Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> some weird shit. Like, let's. Why not? Yeah. It can't get any fucking worse. I think he could definitely score movies, though, if he wanted to, you know? Yeah. I mean, judging by what he put together on this, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a fucking knack for for that, and uh, maybe he'll get a chance to do that now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I I mean, technically he scored a movie, but I don't think that uh, that weird Metallica concert slash fucking movie counts. <laughs> right, you know. right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I didn't I didn't expect that at all. So it was a cool thing that came out this year, and uh, I'm just happy for Kirk. Uh, hopefully, he gets to do more of this shit. Yeah, and hopefully, the band lets him do more of this shit. Hopefully, we don't end up in some weird situation where James gets rubbed the wrong way, right? By something like this again, and all of a sudden. Kirk Hammett's out of fucking Metallica. <laughs> I would have to, I would have to guess that would be it, because you yeah. know what? As as much as um, I would say that in Metallica, over the years, I would say fucking uh, James and uh, Cliff have been pretty much revered. By Metallica mm-hmm. fans, whereas Lars has always been in the shit house, yeah, and and Kirk, for for some people, they also talk a lot of shit about Kirk, which I don't really get because I mean you know he was still basically when that first album came out, Kirk was still in the learning process. He was still taking lessons from Satriani at that time. Yeah, you know. And so fucking, and so yeah, you know, the solos and stuff were, uh, they all had a particular style and it, and it sounds like Kirk. And so if you don't like Kirk, then I really don't understand how you like Metallica because all the melodic phrasing and stuff that he does that complements the heaviness, that's Kirk. And that's like a big part of of what I liked from Metallica when I first heard them, you know. And you didn't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, nothing against Dave Mustaine, but you didn't necessarily get that from Dave Mustaine. 
So, yeah. so it would have been, you know, I think that's where Kirk put his stamp on it. And I really like that shit. So I like Kirk. You know, I think uh, there's some guy on fucking one of these websites talking about how he thinks Kirk is tone deaf and fucking <laughs> all this other shit. And I was just like, yeah, well, you know, if that was the case, then he sure overcame that shit pretty well. I gotta say, Metallica is probably the only band, like, other than Kiss, where it seems like people will like the music, but then, like, individually hate, like, every member. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. you might like Kiss, but you're like, man, fuck Gene, fuck yeah. Paul, fuck these, you know, yeah. well, no, I ain't got a problem with, uh, I'm blanking on the current drummer for Kiss. He's fine. <laughs> but nobody gives a shit about people being the cat man. Right. You know, fuck yeah. Tommy, like that kind of thing. But it's also like that in Metallica. Like you hear it's like James can't fucking sing. Right. And he doesn't know how to end a verse. Like that's he can't you know he can't hold notes, so he ends with Yeah. Yeah. Um Kirk fucking sucks. He only he too much wah. Right. Fucking Lars can't drum. Right. Fucking at the time back in the day, Jason's not as good as Cliff. Oh yeah, right. You know, and then Jason left, and now some. I don't hear people talk too much shit about Rob Trujillo. I think it's because they're probably afraid he'll come around and fuck you up. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that. Like Rob seems like he. Rob seems like he can fucking fight for some reason. Yeah, I have basing this off of nothing. Nothing. I just assume he can fight. Yeah, I would avoid Uh, that dude in the pit. Yeah. Just put it that way. I don't want to fuck with a 60-year-old <laughs> dude that looks fucking 30 yeah. and has, like, perfect flowing hair yeah. and shit. Like, that fucking looks like the fucking stoner dude from this this season of Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's all funny. All right, we should wrap this shit up. All right. Okay. So, that's it for our post-COVID relaunch and we'll be back soon with some interesting things. I've got a few things in mind. I'll just save it. So it'll be a surprise. I got some ideas too, so we'll see what happens. There you go. <laughs> so until the next one, it's me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And we are out. Mm-hmm.